What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a somber episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Only the second somber one. The Dogs suffer their second loss of the season at the hands of the Sycamores in absolute dominant fashion. I'm Mike Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, I don't know if we – we always knew that when you play a team you're unsure about in terms of how good they are in a certain facet and even knowing what cons you have going in – we both predicted us to lose, but not by this 29-point total. No, again, we're surprised at it, but then there's an ounce of us that says Indiana State's just this good, and we'll dive into who they didn't have, who we didn't have, and at that point, it just did not matter. They smoked us. What's going on? Yeah, definitely uh, very shocking. I mean, knew you had to get off to a good start and just, just jump into stuff beforehand. No A.J. Ferguson for the Saluki, still battling that ankle injury. And uh, then on the other side, no Ryan Conwell. So it was like, all right, it's one for one. We knew we had the depth advantage we discussed. And uh, we could take advantage of it a little bit and got to see different guys in this one. But definitely, definitely don't expect. I mean, you felt like you we could keep it close but just not a good start just like JMU and unlike JMU they just kept their foot on the gas and they just blew us out of their building yeah and a wide out for them I didn't think at first the crowd was anything too crazy uh but pre-game wide it ended up becoming really good they said it's one of their best crowds they've had in a while their students showed up like they hadn't before I think uh but some pregame stuff because ESPN Plus, before they were showing the game, they showed, you know, both teams warming up, you know, in their typical shoot around and stuff. And we saw Jarrett getting shots up. We also saw Sheridan, and he wasn't just getting shots up. He was because we remember that video they posted of the team and their, uh, you know, the team on team scrimmage. And Sheridan, we talked about when he split that ball screen and got that layup, he almost did that exact kind of play and warm ups here. So he was on borderline full speed so we know at the time he was what four to six or something maybe up to eight weeks out when he was hurt and we know that's trimmed to at least half for a little bit above half now but if he's doing stuff like that I'd say he might be ahead of schedule I don't nobody's gonna ask about it for a while no one's gonna ask about it in the media we'll just see him on the bench and dressed one day and that's how we'll know but at least Sheridan's close because this team definitely needs him uh if he can get back before we would expect him to that'd be great but maybe Christmas time would be still when it would happen. So that was notable to kick off. You said it there, no AJ. We, he did hurt his ankle. It had to have been in the JMU game because we know outside of blowing out New Mexico State, uh, that, you know, a blowout, you weren't going to play certain guys that they were just dealing with something. So he must have done it in that one. We talked about how he didn't score. He did get a layup in the New Mexico State game, and then he came out. But he had six days in between. So that just shows you that he is dealing with something. He was in – he was – not dressed clearly at the game, but yes, that was notable. And then, as you said, Conwell not playing gave us feel like that could give us a chance. One of the best players in the league, one of the best newcomers in the league, not playing. But of course, they didn't miss a beat at all. We'll talk about this game. We'll get around the valley. There's games going on as we speak, and then we'll just dive into the slew Billikens at the very end. They are coming into Banterra on Saturday afternoon. But no, since we've already kind of talked about this game, not a whole lot to. I mean, we scored first, and Kennard started. The biggest names of this game was Clarence Rupert had one of his biggest bounce back games and had his one of his best games in his two years here so far. It kind of hopefully it's a game that kickstarts him. He was phenomenal. 
But no, he was phenomenal on Robbie, and we knew that was going to be a mismatch. But he drew some fouls on Robbie at first, and that was the name of it. Also, Noah was <laughs> Robbie didn't play his best. He's foul trouble. He didn't score a whole lot, and they still whooped us. But um, your initial thoughts of how this happened, why this happened, and what Indiana State did to totally just disrupt everything we could ever imagine. And I think it was pretty much led by their outstanding guard play. Yeah, I mean, I, I from the get-go, I actually really liked what – I mean, obviously we got a decent look from the get-go with Trent, but he missed the three. But I liked the idea of going inside and trying to give Clarence – get him going offensively and see what Robbie does, do does do defensively and obviously picked up a couple fouls. But they left him in a little bit. But um, Clarence got going almost – him and X were basically our only offense in the first half. I think only only 20 points at half, so it didn't take much to be our only offense. I think they had 18 of the 20 at halftime. So, but I love seeing that trying to be aggressive right away, get him going in the post. But offensively, just one of eight from three. We talked about the three point shooting last podcast of what we could do. 28 percent from the field, eight of 28. Just not going to get it done and. Their, their guard play just right away, I mean, even without Conwell. I mean, Swope is as advertised. We knew what he did at Southern Indiana, but he's coming here and he's even developed his game even more. Um, he's got the green light. Uh, Bledson, we know what he's capable of. And Julian Larry, I think he's actually taking the next step, not only defensively, we know he's really good, but offensively, uh, I think he ended up on ESPN top, 10 as well with one of the dunks he had in the second half but really just right away they were just too much and didn't take their foot off the gas pedal all their guys played a lot of minutes I mean handling Robbie Vila to nine points two rebounds two assists having him foul trouble you would think all right we're in this ball game have a chance to win it but good lord I did not expect what happened no and we also knew Indiana State's they're a great cutting team as we know even um, you know, how we said on the last one, just mentioned how we've been cutting well. But Indiana State, Indiana State does it as a, at a whole nother level. It's it's obviously basketball fans, basketball junkies know it. And it's even like from describing it, whether it's ball screens, whether it's just ultimate backdoors. We got beat backdoor all game long. But really it was transition. I remember listening to pregame was I think Javon Maiman was – I think he's the one who mentioned it on his interview with Rodney about transition and Brian might've touched on it as well. And even the radio guys mentioned transition with Indiana State's a big deal and they are definitely effective field goal percentage team. You mentioned those two guards. I mean, they were, what is that Matt? 13 for 29 overall. I mean, so four of 12 from three, you said a green light. He was just, again, there's, at, at some points, there's nothing you can do. There were times where Yovan was guarding Swope when they are in the half court initially. It's like, what is this? Troy would switch on to him or something. He would have an ultimate mismatch. He'd take two in between dribbles, step back three, nail it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, just thinking of matchups was, uh, I think Trent was on Swope at the start of the game. Or, sorry, Julian X was on Swope and uh, – you know, that's kind of what we expected again with no AJ and Kennard was guarding uh, 
you know, they started uh, Bledson, of course, yeah. So Kennard got Bledson. Bledson took advantage of the matchup with Kennard in this game as well. I know I'm kind of jumping from all over the place, and I want to emphasize their quickness also in this game, that it was impossible to stay in front of Julian Larry in transition. He was cutting. He was, you know, dribbling back and forth. And he's so he's probably the quickest player in the league. And Trent, you know, had no chance backpedaling, and they were getting so many easy looks at the rim. They were just penetration, and that was, you know, we had bad transition and bad penetration defense in this game. So if our defense isn't, you know, going great, it's a matter of them just picking it apart. And they were, you know, confident all game. You mentioned the dunk. I mean, they were doing the two smalls. They were just in our face screaming. Like, they just had that confidence all game. And, you know, we'll touch up more of this game here near the end. But uh, they speaking of that first half, they did – when we were only down eight with eight minutes left, it's like, okay, let's cut this shorter. They finished it on the 16-4 to four run to take that uh, 18-point lead at the half. He had scoring 20 points in that half. It's not acceptable. It scored only 28 in the second. Uh, but, again, no, it's just a matter of – bottom line is they're a terrible matchup for us. They're a terrible matchup for a lot of people. I don't expect to get blown out by this much by anybody else because other teams play slower. We clearly – we want to get out and run ourselves and be a good transition team, but not to this level. It's so hard to guard, and when you get in a hole, it's hard to get back out of against teams like this when your defense isn't working. X tried to do too much at times, but, you know, what else stuck out to you? And all of this, I mean, we mentioned Robbie foul trouble and nine points. Didn't matter. No Conwell. Jason Kent played fine. They did have a bench that came in of Wolf, Mason Miller, and their freshman Vorst. Uh, but what else did you like? Because when Scotty came in, he did okay at first in that. And then some of our other bench players, one in particular, played his best game of the year by far. What else stuck out to you here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look – if you're just box score, if you didn't get a chance to watch this game and look – are we? I. I mean, this is just this is stuff I talked about last podcast that we had been doing exceptionally well. The three point shooting, you end up three of 20, 15 percent, not good enough. Whether it's, I mean, Clarence ended up taking three of them. Troy was over two. Canard over two. Trent Brown over three. I mean, when Trent Brown is when other teams figure out, and obviously Shirts and his staff did. If you shut his shut him down and don't let him have clean shots off in the corner, he's a net negative on offense, and that's what he was again last night. He cannot go off dribble, and that's not good enough. I mean, RJ was 0 for 2. Yovan was 1 for 3. Yovan was not good defensively. I know he's not a great defender, but like he had still had 7 rebounds, so he's helping us there. I mean, you mentioned Trey Miller only played 13 minutes, but he probably had his best game so far, but we get beat by 30. Just overall not good enough. Another thing I harped on after the last game, turnover ratio to assisted turnover ratio, two assists to 15 turnovers last night. Not going to get it. The offensive scheme in the Valley is just going to shut it down with just basically ball screens at the top of the key. I mean, Scotty Abube had half your assists. I know we only had two, but he had one of them and X had the other. I mean, nobody else doing enough. Um, they even keep it close last night. So, I mean, the shooting, don't expect you to shoot three of 20 every night, but got to be better, knock down the open shot, and we got to find ways to scheme up. To get more, I mean, X, 5 of 17, that's what he's – he's going to have to take 17 shots a night. Clarence was really good in that one, 6 of 14. So, 
And obviously we'd mentioned their quick guards and poorly defensively we were, but they were just too quick. I mean, I mean, we talked mentioned Trent Brown. I mean, going back to his freshman year, him and having that game against uh, AJ Green shutting him down. He's just those guards are just too quick for him to handle uh, with the Larrys or the Swopes. So just a bad matchup for him. And it just it shows for me that all right, these guys are getting blown by, but what's not back there? Oh well, if you think about it, as as bad as he was offensively, there's no JD Mula back there to help this. And there's no Kate. He's out. He'd be your probably rim protector. I mean, your other two, Scotty and Clarence, aren't going to give you any help defensively at the rim. So, I mean, as JD Mula is going to not seeing this. I mean, games like that. I mean, Robbie maybe ends up not in foul trouble and scores twenty, but JD defensively would have been there trying to take a charge or something to affect one of these guards' shot. Or Julian Larry doesn't get that dunk on. Uh, he dunked on Troy last night, but JD doesn't let that happen. No, and we said at the start of the year, who's going to step up on defense as big? So that's how great JD was at it. We we knew we'd miss that to an extent. That was before we officially knew much about it. We knew K was injured the offseason. Not sure if he was going to be extended like it has, but definitely needed that. And, you know, even we talk about, you know, how they are at defense. Clarence had three blocks in this game, you know, whether that was just a swat away off a guard getting on the rim, but he had awesome moments in that. Like, like Clarence might have played his best game as a Saluki, and he had some awesome games last year, but this one for sure, because he showed the rebounding he needs to do, and he scored the ball. I mean, he was doing a, he was doing his typical spin moves and just getting whatever, and he was just pounding it off the board and, the, you know, down and in, and he was just – he was getting the best of Robbie on defense. Maybe Robbie let up a little bit because he didn't want to get an extra foul, but it's good that we went back to it. We mentioned how we went to Scotty the first play when Morris came in the garden and Scotty scored right away, and then the next play they went right back to him again, and, he, again, he couldn't do the left hand, so he went up with two hands, and it got contested, and then he missed it. Uh, so, I mean, no doubt, though, that – I mean, overall, we have three uh, – Roy, Kennard, and Trent combined for three points off the bench. Kennard had a free throw. Uh, Troy shot one of five. He'd have – I mean, again, just in terms of what we need, we know Troy's got to be an offensive player for us. And if he's not getting it either, it's like, who the heck's going to get it? RJ played 11 minutes. Yeah, didn't shoot twice. Weren't the best looks. He did have a nice steal at one point. But, again, if we're just talking about good steals, I mean, there's not much to talk about at all. Um, and – you know, it stinks because Kennard was running up such a great game and he had to get awesome three-point looks that as soon as he touched the ball, he got rid of it. So it's like, okay, well, you're pretty much playing four on four on five on offense because you're not going to have anybody be aggressive. That's why we said we needed AJ because he'll at least drive and do something. We know how aggressive he can be. So you didn't have that. RJ might have showed a little bit more aggression than even what Kennard did at times because we needed at that position. But – yeah, Trey exactly. He hit that top of the top of the key three, and it kind of got him going offensively overall. And then he uh, he didn't make any free throws, but the one for one from three helped. But again, as you said, if it's his best game and a twenty nine point loss, and that's saying something as well. He needs to be good in our wins and our close games. Uh, but overall, just an awful game from everybody outside of Clarence and Trey. And I, Clarence is easily the dog of the game. I mean, X tried it in this one. Yeah, I mean, he does definitely the shoot up to 20 times to warrant anything. He did have five rebounds, only one assist. But Clarence for sure was the best of the bunch. Uh, so they did match us with their bench players. I mean, they didn't do a whole lot of anything. I know Jake Wolf had 
just an easy layup to the rim and some other parts, they had only six bench points. So we know they play a lot of their main guys, but again, no Conwell and you find a way to get beat as bad as you did. That's just terrible. So again, you know, our defense showed leaks in this game of certain parts, but again, at some points you can guard cuts at some point. That's why we were hoping keep it within 10 out of halftime and through the, you know, second half of the game, but uh, they just kept doing what they wanted to do on us. And then, uh, again, there's step back threes and stuff. There's nothing you can do about things like that. But so those are the that's pretty much the takeaway of this game. If you lose by this much, it's kind of like how we said we don't talk about games as much in football. If we blow somebody out, we need to kind of do it this way, either which way. You'll talk about the things you like, but not a whole lot otherwise to mention in this game. So, yes, we own one in conference, the worst way you possibly want to start getting blown out when it was the you know the only game on that everybody's watching. All Valley Twitter was tweeting about this game. And some of them, you know, I guess it was just more of our side and our fans talking about how awful we seem to be and how poor we play compared to like others said more about how great Indiana State looks. So people are already circling games for the Sycamores against other Valley opponents. But it was a terrible look around the Valley to kick off things. Uh, and, of course, like we said, it, the gauntlet starts now. There's It doesn't get much easier after this. So. Uh, no overall, your final thoughts on this game, and then go ahead and dive into the other games that are happening currently, as well as we know there's one more tomorrow, and we'll give a status report right now by the end of it of what these scores are around the league tonight. Yeah, it's just one that obviously didn't want to start Valley play this way, but um, glad this game is in November and we're not looking like this in February. So just got to get back to work. You got to get now. You got to focus back on you're going to non-conference play and have a good slew, te- a decent slew team coming in this Saturday. So just flush it. And then, yeah, I mean, Valley, Valley play is starting tonight, um, starting with um, Bradley traveling down to Murray state right now with at the under eight timeout, uh, the Murray state racers lead Bradley 26, 22. Um, check the box scores. This one, our first round pick in our Valley fantasy league last night, Malavi Leones, eight points, three rebounds, one assist. Um, Murray state lead the, led the way by Rob Perry, obviously. So he's done a good job. Um, in the other games, Belmont blowing you and I out of their own gym. We thought, all right, you and I can't really look at their non-con. They just play really good teams, but, um, and everybody thought, well, Belmont hasn't looked very good, but right now blowing you and I out of the tough place to play, 26-15, nine minutes left in that first half. Kay Tyson leading the way for them. Then Missouri State hosting Evansville. Uh, Missouri State without Austin Mason, Damian Mayo, and some other guys. Um, 27-24 at the under eight, so that's a close one. I think at Missouri State favored by 11 in that one. Then Drake traveling to Valpo. Valpo, new coach, new scheme. 16-14 at the under eight. Valpo holding tough at home right now. Then tomorrow night, uh, Illinois State travels to UIC. UIC favored by seven in that one. That'll be a good game. You mentioned the draft. Yeah, we drafted teams around the Valley. Uh, we do have Yovan on our team, just speaking of SAU players and some others. But, yeah, I mean, that was fun to do and then keep up with them around the league besides when they play us. We have Swope on our team as well. He did great against us last night. But, yeah, some surprises there. I mean, Belmont definitely blowing out you and I on the road. That just shows I wanted to take – people should have took Belmont plus the points in that one. I forgot what the spread was. But, I mean, the Murray beating Bradley at home, it's a short, short game. But even – uh, you know, so some people predicted that the Murray would because they are a good home team. So whatever they would 
do against the number one team, but uh, the other one for sure. I mean, Valpo's up eight on Drake right now at five thirty left in the first half, so for sure notable. Uh, Drake has five bench points. We talked about their bench is a little shaky at times. They have to rely on their starters as well, so not the best start for them. And you mentioned the players that are out from Missouri State, Tyler Bay also, and some other freshmen they said that, but some of them haven't even gotten PT. And Evansville's at their best, but Missouri State should still get that get that job done here, even without those players. So yeah, interesting ones. And then yeah, the Illinois State UIC UIC game will be good. Yeah, UIC's favorite by seven and a half tomorrow. So by the end of this, after our preview, uh, we will dive into after this preview at near the end of it, we'll dive into what those scores look like before we before we end things. So I don't really have much exactly on the former dogs update or I, I Lance played well against Texas Southern the other night for Purdue. I know, and we know Illinois hasn't played in a couple of days. They play in the coming days. Uh, so we'll keep up with those guys and the other guys we've talked about that are elsewhere in other colleges as well, what they're doing. We'll talk about that near the end and have it fully prepared, but no, again, that's, that's what this podcast is. A recap of a crappy loss segueing into another good opportunity Saturday afternoon, it was an initial 1 o'clock game. Thankfully, it is and um, moved back to 2.30 for our sake, for our work to make it to this game. I know we know this game's big. This game's been in the making for a long time against the Billikens of hosting, and we played at their place last year, lost. Uh, and they're a way different team than they were over the last couple of years, and that's why it should give us some confidence. It's not really a, a kind of matchup you would hope to bounce back in, but you also don't want to have it against it. Let's say a non-division one or somebody that's lackluster. It's good to have a bounce back if you can get it done against a team like this. I said they're not the same, Noah, and by gosh, they're not. I mean, they've had some awesome veterans over the years. That doesn't say they're still not good. We know the portal still lives, and it's good. But no, what do the Billikens have to offer us this year? Players we've seen before, but there are also some new players we haven't seen. What do they have coming into Van Terra Center on Saturday? Yeah, we discussed, uh, I think you mentioned on a couple podcasts ago, they lost Sincere Parker for the year. Um, so that's a big loss for this team. Um, they've played Illinois State. They've played Wyoming. They played Vermont, Wichita. Lost a close one against Utah State last night. So um, got some, I mean, beating Wyoming's a good win. They beat Illinois state by nine scoring about 77 points a game, allowing about 73. Um, but a lot of guys that obviously guys you'll recognize their name, Gibson Jimerson, um, absolute sharpshooter is back for them. Again, a guy that some guys in, or some people in Southern Illinois will recognize their name. Terrence Hargrove jr. Back for them. Uh, the guy from East St. Louis, uh, very good. Larry Hughes, the second, obviously, we, everybody knows who his dad is, a legend there, um, playing playing well for them. And obviously, a lot of a lot of new faces. Otherwise, I mean, bringing in bringing in Mike Mike Meadows Jr., who we were in on in the portal, um, the Portland Eastern Washington transferred originally went to was it Cal. I think yeah. or something like that, that now he entered the portal again, entered the portal, decommitted from there, and now he ended up at SLU. Um, there's guys like uh, Lamont Evans, the South Florida transfer. Uh, they got some freshmen that play a little bit. Another big one I want to name was uh, Tim Dalger, a Tulsa transfer, former JUCO guy as well. So a lot of guys to watch out for. I mean, 
some guys. I mean, they're playing small ball, so I mean, Clarence has a good opportunity, him and Scotty, to have good games against Terrence. I know they have. Uh, I'm not sure how many games he's played. I know they're the seven foot center from China on their on their bench and stuff like that. And I know they go Dalgar sometimes at the five. So a lot of different guys. I think Hughes, Hughes, Hargrove, and Jimerson are the only three that started every game so far for them in all eight games. So definitely an interesting team and obviously a better matchup. Better matchup, I think, for us. Uh, looking the last couple of years, they've had some really good teams that we went up there and got our butts whipped last year. Yeah, whether it's the Francis Okoros, whether it's you know, last year they had Javon Pickett, a guy we've known about forever that gave us buckets in that game. They've had Fred Thatch, who was an awesome veteran who got hurt actually in our game, I want to say, and missed the rest of the year. Uh, I always blank on their point guard. That was fantastic for him. I always blank on his name. It's not like it's different or anything, but uh, I can actually look at it right here. While I'm, I look at the the team from last year, Yuri Collins, uh, fantastic. He's all time assist leader there. I want to say he's he could be top ten or fifteen all time in college basketball in assists. That's what kind of career he had. They lost like Javon Pickett, who we knew, or sorry, I already said him, a uh, Javante Perkins who we knew is from St. Louis, was from Juco. Juco ranks that we've known about before, who was awesome player. And they've lost guys like that. So the talent has gone down to where then this year their best players are the aforementioned Terrence Argrim Jr., who, yes, we watched a lot in high school, lost our hometown Marion and the sectional final. Um, but he's he used to be obviously like a, like a small forward, but now since he's been in college, he has groomed into like a – Six five center, and he is physical. He is everything. He's been that his whole career, but now that that he's a, a main facet of this team, he's averaging sixteen a game, six rebounds, and he is a problem for anybody who's taller than him. So even you know this is definitely a Troy matchup. Uh, so it'll be a tough matchup for Troy in this game. Uh, Larry Hughes, he is a sophomore. He's six four. He had, does have six points a game. So it's those guys who have the lineage to him. But are still talented. We know Travis Ford is a, a pretty good coach. And, yeah, seven guys have played in all eight games. So maybe we'll see a smaller rotation. You said they're not very big overall, which they're not. Dowger will definitely play their center, I'm thinking. Meadows, yes, we were in on him. He made the jump. We know Malcolm Dandridge uh, took a visit there and was maybe going to go there, ended up going back to Memphis. But that would have been a huge gift for them because they need a center right now. And he's a good player, so they missed out on a guy like that. But. Definitely, we're dodging a bullet with no sincere Parker. And Gibson Jamerson is one of the best shooters in the country. He's an elite, elite player. He killed us last year as well. And in years past, I remember when he was a freshman uh, when we were at their place that he killed us too. So um, they do have some problems on this team, but I don't think it's any nothing we can't deal with. We know they're talented. They play awesome teams all the time. So in that facet, they'll be challenging. But, um, yeah, they barely beat Illinois State at home. Uh, or I guess they ownership made that a little closer than it had been throughout that game. They, I mean, they've played some close games otherwise. Yeah, dropping by 10 each to Wyoming and St. Louis. And then, yeah, they got blasted by Wichita and the MTE. Just ironic because we play both those teams. But overall, like I said, it's it's a game. I just remember up to this point, because I just mentioned earlier about like predicting what games we'd win or lose in our preview. And I'm 100% right now on, on most games, and I had us winning this game, Noah. So segueing into what you think a spread could be for us at home, I mean, I think the matchup predictor had us at 72% chance to win. So that might be a little too high. We know they're still good. 
But what do you think a spread could be for us tomorrow? And then pick – because we didn't pick dogs of the game before Indiana State. Pick your dog of the game and then who you have coming out on top. Yeah, definitely think uh, if I were to spread, I would probably set us at – I think Ken Palm has them at um, – I was looking earlier. I think at 171 right now, I think Ken Palm, even with the loss last night, still has us at 138. So um, – I'd say we probably favored by four and a half, five, five and a half, four to six range, probably at home um, against this decent team. Um, and I uh, dogs of game. Definitely. I think this is come one. We got to have bounce back from some guys, but um, I really do think Troy could be very big in this one uh, with the Dowgers and the Hargroves in this and just have a back bounce back game overall, because he struggled last night, but I think this is one he could take advantage of. And if he's if if we're playing Clarence or Scotty, um, he could have a size advantage potentially um, over some other guys and help rebound and help this team get a win because I think we do come out on top on Saturday afternoon, um, getting out of there with a win against a solid team from the A-10 and headed into the football game for Saturday night would be a big time. For sure, and again, I definitely have us winning as well. Yeah, spread, We, I think we could be favored. I mean, again, if matchup predictors that way, they're in the 170s in Kempong. We were, I think, over we, I think 188, or we were maybe, I think it's where we started, and then we went down. But So they're around us in Kempong and everything, so they're definitely not anything to brag home about. I mean, if they had, oh boy, they'd be better. But um, definitely have us coming out with a win as well. I'm going to go with Trent because – I think he'll be guarding Gibson Jemerson at times. And, uh, you know, in terms of just matching three-point shooting, Trent obviously didn't score the last game, so we need him to – he feeds off the home crowd and everything. So, definitely I'll go with Trent for the matchup of defense and then matching him offensively for threes. But you said it for some big – I mean, like I said, Terrence Hargrove will make it hard on everybody that comes in. He'll make it hard on Scotty physically. That's just how awesome he is down there. But uh, – yeah, and we know the new scoreboard's coming in for Saturday's game. You mentioned the football game that night. It's a massive day, and again, thank God they pushed the game back. But we mentioned on the Black Friday deals that hopefully people got the games because this is one of the biggest games on the schedule for home games. They package those two together. We know how massive these upcoming games are. Mention how the gauntlet is what it is. Again, you need to have a bounce back against uh, – you know, against whoever it is, let alone this is the team. So it would be an awesome win. And it's games you should take care of. If a team's this even with you, you know, before a big 12 team comes in, this is a massive game for those reasons. Because if you lose this one, staring at 500 at the end of this small, uh, right, we have more home games from here on out. But uh, just, again, this gauntlet's pretty tough. So we definitely need this win. I'll have us coming out on top as well. So, like I said, new scoreboard, everything's coming out this weekend on that Saturday. Noah, your final thoughts? Yep, it's uh, thankfully that got moved back, so we're able to make that. And it's a, good to see what what this uh, new scoreboard does with the re- arena and see what kind of features they have. Uh, I know it was a playoff game, but we did notice some different stuff with the football one. Maybe they got different with this new setup. Maybe they got different programming and stuff like that. They can do different things. So, looking sorry. Look, looking forward to it. I mean, this is a good matchup. Um, protect home court. Uh, if we win our home games, we'll win 18 games this year. So, um, 
like I said, it's going to be good. I think we have a bounce back game. Um, if we look like we did last night, it's going to be a long year. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah, and again, it's it's definitely based off matchups. And again, if if more teams play like Indiana State, then that will be the case. You just need to. I'm not going to say slow it down, but this kind of gave us a slap in the face and PTSD moving forward and know how you know that you need to play. Um, so, yeah, again, I turn the page and move on and have that bounce back, as you said there. So we're doing this now because it'll be busy near the end of the week uh, leading up to an early afternoon game. So I wanted to get this out to you guys here soon. So most people know about the Billikens, and we know they're, again, good conference or good conference are coming from and it's been a long time coming and them coming to band terror center so it's one of the elite games on our schedule of home conference schedule you said it need to take care of home games as well so that's what we'll be looking to do saturday afternoon hope everybody comes out to join us for that big game so for nick alone no alerts as always go dogs